Were we important enough media to get the Horner Evidence Google Drive folder of doom? What was Alpine spending their winter doing? Welcome to Tinfall Helmets, your occasional spicy hot take roundup of the latest F1 rumours, all with the almost believable conspiracy theories to back them up. Everything here has been carefully researched for hours to make sure it is totally founded in logic, reason and truth. Or not! Who knows? Shall we start out with our amazingly accurate predictions that nothing could possibly have gone wrong with? Hey, we did pretty well, actually. Ah, 50-50. Uh, number one on this exciting list. Max wins by a pit stop and Checo still disappoints. Yes. Uh, okay, I guess technically Max only won by 22 and a half seconds and technically a pit stop takes about like 25 seconds, but I think this is still good. But you also made the clarification last time that he, if he pitted to get fastest lap... yeah. It still counted, and he basically did. He was 50 seconds ahead before he pit-stopped. Yeah, he really was. And also, Martin Brundle said that he he was a pit-stop ahead, so Martin also thinks it's a pit-stop ahead. Perfect. Yeah. Only one Merc in the points? Nope, but it was a bit squeaky bum time. They, they really moved towards each other in the race in a yes. way I was not yes. expecting. You weren't expecting something like that? Not, not how it went. Not after okay. the first round, of, or before the first round of pit-stops. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. We shall talk about that in the race recap. Yes. Um, uh, one Ferrari car fails at some point uh, post-race. Uh, nope. And it would be Charles. I- I'm going to give a-, a third of a point here because his brakes weren't working. I-, I think half credit. Yeah. Half credit? Half credit. Okay. Uh, yeah. His he's, he's, he's brakes clearly not working. Uh, turn one. Yeah. Lund- I'm, I'm sure it was his brakes. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. Spicy. Uh, turn one lunge goes wrong, uh, but who is doing the lunge and will it, was it George? So there was a lunge and it was, uh, Lance Stroll and Hulk. And I think it was Hulk's fault, I think. Um, but George was fine. I didn't hit anybody. So does it really count? Yes. Cause the, the prediction was the turn one lunge, a turn one lunge goes wrong. And we just th- jokingly thought it was going to be George. I'm giving us credit to this. Now I, I will I, concede. I that. didn't see, I, I watched the replay a couple times and I couldn't tell if Lance lost it on his own and then Hulk hit him or Hulk hit him. And then Lance lost it. I think it was Hulk hitting him, but he gently nudged him and then caused it to get worse. I think Lance made it worse than it was by the by his positioning, but the fact that anything happened at all was the Hulk's fault. Uh, so, so far... Oh, we're keeping a running total this year. Sure, why not? Oh, I like this. Uh, season total so far is... It says 0.5 out of 4. So, should we see... Did anything happen between the races? We Should, should we discuss that? Was there anything that was expected to happen that did happen is anything i i don't i don't think so there, there wasn't anything there was there. stuff that happened between practicing qualifying <laughs> like yeah there was stuff that, oh, yeah I, I think there were there was everything i think there were two big things to really talk about uh the first was which is the news that they didn't that mercedes apparently doesn't want to miss out on kimmy antonelli antonelli, antonelli? Yes. yes nailed it antonelli um so they didn't want to miss out on a driver who has never driven a lap in f2 which is why they didn't want to extend Hamilton and make him what he is. And while in abstract, if you think about this in the pure dreaming smiles of academia, this logic kind of makes sense. I do think they've been a little preemptive, especially when you look at the uh, F2 performance, where I believe he qualified 14th. 
Uh, and then I don't think he actually came anywhere in the race either. I think he may have come 14th in the race. I didn't see what happened to the second race. Maybe he won the second race. Um, but it was interesting that in the F2 testing that they did before the F2 season kicked off, it didn't go well for him either. Admittedly, it rained, but he wasn't like lighting the track on fire. He got 10th. No, wait, that's that's a different Antonelli. Or is he the A Antonelli? How many Antonellis are in this series? I thought there was only one. There's one, but he's listed as A. Maybe it, yeah. that's suspicious. Either way, one point in the future race, so he was 10th. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're a bit preemptive in placing him on the same pedestal as Max Verstappen, uh, which I think is a bit weird, and I feel like they're overreacting. Oh, it's it's Andrea Kim, Kimi Antinelli. I see. That's why it's A Antinelli. I see. Okay. Yeah, 10th uh, on debut in a Prima. Not great. No. Uh, he supposedly has signed up to test drive the W13, and I'm like... Is that really worth your time? Maybe put him in the W11 or the W12. I know it's different, but like, may- maybe start in a car that's not a tractor. Let's see, how does teammate do? Standings. Oh, well, he beat his teammate, so there's something. Who's also hailed what Harold did as the coming of something amazing, Oliver Bramman, right? Yeah. So, we'll see. Anyway, uh, yeah. I- I'm very suspicious about this. This whole this whole story seems to be very... Not the Kimmy part of it, Kimmy, whatever. You know, maybe he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but the choice... To get rid of Lewis, I'm just like, there's there's a bunch of spin going on there. Yeah, it, it does feel very much like a, everybody wants to find the next Max Verstappen, but there is only one Max Verstappen at this point in time. Like, Kimi Raikkonen's kid, maybe in a couple years, like, we can see the same sort of thing, but, like, Max is truly one of one, and we can think about how many other drivers were rushed into F1 or brought into F1 as, like, the next biggest thing. And we don't have to look too far back, like... Remember when Stoffel Van Dorn was going to be the thing, the guy? Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't. No. Or or e- even last season, Nick DeBreeze. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I think I think if you want to like try and pick the, the driver of a generation, we haven't finished with this generation. So I feel like you, you may be missing the point by picking the new kid that like the time hasn't passed enough. Like, Lewis was the defining one of a generation, and we've got Max. Um, like, we have to wait a bit longer, maybe. Yeah, and I think, like... If you got to the middle of the F1 season and, you know, there was somebody lighting it up in F2 and it's like, like similar to when what happened when Max was brought up. It was kind of one of those things of like, OK, we need to get him up here now. And even then, when, when he when he got to F1, it was, you know, oh, man, he's going quick in that Toro Rosso. We need to get him in the Red Bull before he goes somewhere else. Like there was kind of a, a thing hanging over their head of like, if we don't put him in the Red Bull soon, he's going somewhere else. And yeah. Yeah. Worked out great for Max. <sighs> so, what else happened? Uh, apparently, George was staying with Toto uh, when Lewis dropped by and was like, bye, I'm leaving for Ferrari. So, uh, George and Toto having the best sleepovers in Brackley. Brackley? Brackley. It's Brackley. Brackley. Or Monaco. Uh, no, Bra- Brackley. Because Brack- the, the story that dropped was that it happened in Oxford when Lewis dropped the news. So, by the transitive property of Lewis dropped the news to Toto in Oxford, therefore... George must have been staying in Oxford. And I, I have a slightly meta question is like, why is George staying with Toto? Can't he afford his own hotel room? Doesn't he have his own house? Yeah, but maybe not in maybe not in Oxford or Brackley. It's not that far from anywhere to anywhere in England. Like it it's doesn't true. take that long. Especially when you have a driver to do it for you. Or a Mercedes AMG car. You still gotta abide by the speed limit, Andrew. Sure. Uh, well, uh, just just real quick, I believe uh, Jensen Button was on Top Gear at one point in time, and they were talking about how fast. I think he has a he had a Bugatti Veyron at the time, and they, and Clarkson asked him how fast he took it, and he goes, "Let's see, seventy plus 10, 77. 
That's how fast he said he's taking it. So, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure George has is always driving the speed limit down the road. But George is such a nice boy, he would never break the law. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That feels to me more like George is just trying to be the golden boy. Yes. Yeah. He's planting seeds in Toto's brain to get rid of Lewis because he knows he can't stand up to Lewis when they get a good car. Race recap coming up soon, but some more news. So, uh, early in the week, we found out that the independent Red Bull Council or whatever, the, the investigation, they, uh, what, what was the official term? Did they say he didn't do anything wrong? He had been cleared of any grievances, I think. It was not that it said nothing happened or it was all lies. Yeah, it, it was, this isn't anything that's going to get us sued that we need to fire him over. Basically, yes. And then members of the media and all the team principals and the FAA got sent this Google Drive folder that nobody's confirmed if it's real or not. Uh, And to be clear, we didn't get it. But next time, please send it to feedback at tinfoilhelmets.com. We we are ready to receive this information. And um, yeah, how would you describe this? From what we've seen, the clips online, the most like, tame affair ever i would say it's the most tame affair affair ever but i would say that this is uh, if i put my little top hat on and my monocle and say this is just a typical philanderer i don't there's anything particularly blowing the blind door barn doors off he clearly was uh diddling at least something on the side not clear exactly how much um and that clearly it all went wrong and and he probably shouldn't have been doing because there's there's at least a little bit of hints that it was his pa but it doesn't seem like it was like he wasn't being quite the creepy guy in the office, and he wasn't quite being... I'm trying to think of the right way of saying this. The boss that... Trying to pressure a subordinate into uh, doing something? Yeah, I feel like something happened, and then he didn't want it to end, and kind of... He really shouldn't have done it in the first place, and then he should definitely have not kept doing it after it happened. Yeah, and I think there was a thing of, like, paying, like, 650,000 pounds, like, as, like, hush money or something to go away. Yes. And I think maybe the root of this whole investigation was, was that company money or personal money? I thought that that had come about after the formal complaint had been filed. Yeah. And that wasn't why there was a whole grievance situation. It was the fact that a grievance was filed. But then there was like, how about we pay you 650 grand and we all sweep it under the carpet? And the person involved was like, no. Either way, like, it definitely doesn't seem anything. Like, we were all expecting something far, far worse. And this was just like, if this is true, because nobody's validated if this is real information or not, or something AI generated that is has it out for Christian because there's a massive power struggle at Red Bull. There are two things that lead credence to the authenticity of this. One is that the Sun ran it on the front page. And B, the Daily Mail also went and did articles about it. Now, I am not saying that they're the most truthful or highbrow, but they have big legal legal departments and they have recently been in a lot of hot water for doing completely dodgy, messed up crap. And so this feels like the legal department said it's not complete crap. Or at least the legal department said we're not going to be sued for libel for this. True, exactly, which I say leads a a semblance of of credibility to it. I didn't say that they said it was authentic. I said credibility. And luckily this podcast won't turn into a where is Kate Middleton discussion. 
Uh, I have so many questions, but that's for our other podcast. <laughs> the, where is Kate Middleton? Dropping soon next week. Uh, yeah, so it. I wonder how much more we're going to see out of this, or is this just kind of going to be a nothing burger that ends? I, I get the impression, based on having lived through 21 years in the United Kingdom, of the way they do politics and how um, this type of thing rolls out in the United Kingdom. Um, we are currently into phase three, which is the PR spin of like everything's okay, we're just going to ignore it. Uh, which means there's more, there's something else to come, and it won't be like like another dump, but it'll be something that changes the story. Because uh, today we had all the pictures of Jerry Halliwell and um, Christian Horner looking very happy in the paddock. Conveniently, suddenly there were lots of pictures of them in places that made them look really happy and they were all kissy-kissy, etc., etc. This is clearly the spin phase of trying to make it go away and just hope that hope that by ignoring it, but not really ignoring it, it goes away. So I, I think there's more to come yet, but I'm not I'm not quite sure where this will go. I mean, who's to say they're not happy still? Like, you know, it, it's maybe they do have an open marriage or something and, hey, it's all fine. She did not look particularly jazzed. Like, she looked that fake jazz. And I will say, credit to Jelly Halliwell, she is a star. She learned so much being in the space. It's the space the girls. Space girls. The space girls? Space the spice girls. You know, the global phenomenon it was that she knows how with to hold herself and blah, blah, the, blah. The cetera, space cetera. girls with their hit song, Gonna Be? Exactly. Rocket, <laughs> Rocket B, something like that. Uh, so I think there's more to come, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I agree. We'll see. But let's not forget, this isn't just an English struggle. This is, you have uh, what the Red Bull Austrian folks who have taken over after Dietrich's passing. You have the Thai folks that now own 51% of Red Bull. And when Dietrich was running things, they didn't really have a say. But now that Dietrich is dead, they do have a say. So, And they own a majority in the share. So really, Christian's not going anywhere as long as the ties are happy. So there's a whole like thing there as well. And you've got the FIA who said they can't do anything about it. If somebody would like a formal complaint, though, there may be something that they could do about it. You've got FOM, owned by a bunch of American investors, who at the end of the day probably don't like this kind of thing because it makes them look a bit bad. Uh, and so it's going to be really interesting to see whether something comes out. I think we spent enough time talking about this. Yes, we did. Uh, shall we move on to does still have a job? Sure. Who still has a job? Who still has a job? Uh, I I put a very spicy hot take in here. Uh, does Lewis still have a job? Yeah, he has one. He has one with Ferrari for three years. He he does. I'd love to know what the uh, clauses are there, whether Ferrari can cancel it at any point or not. I I think Lewis is a big enough name that they don't want to cancel it, and I don't think Charles is a good enough driver. To, to make it not look, Lewis look that bad. So here's the question. Do you, if you're sitting around at Ferrari, go like, you know, we should cancel Charles's contract, rehire Carlos, and have the Carlos and Lewis show? I think that would be great. Uh, but I did I did think Lewis's performance in qualifying yesterday and today was a bit, was a bit, it was not, it was not to the best of his ability. He did say he changed his car before qualifying to more of a race setup. And that went well for him, didn't it? Wait, no, sorry, different race. I mean, it didn't go poorly. He didn't really go forward. Well, let's see. He started ninth. ninth. He finished seventh. Seventh. That's one of the one, one of the people in front of him had their front wing taken off and was down the back. Um, that was the Hulk. So that's one spot. The Hulk qualified six. No, Hulk qualified tenth. Did he? He did. Okay, well I'm wrong then. Uh, I'll take that back. Uh, and either way, George started third and ended up fifth. So everybody moves two places. Yes, uh, I give credit to uh, George for managing to drive the car backwards there. Good work. 
Uh, so anyway, spicy hot take. Uh, I it was a bit was disappointing, especially with him being so effusive about the car. But uh, shall we move on to the next person? Do we question whether they still have a job? Uh, everybody at Alpine. Correct, and one of them has already resigned. So we are we are slowly working our way through that theme. I I, I think it was a uh, maybe Chain Bear who tweeted it out, but somebody tweeted it out along the lines of. Um, everybody spent a bunch of money this whole off season to essentially be in the exact same place as we were after Abu Dhabi, except for Alpine, who apparently did nothing all winter. So bad that the car looked bad. The, the car physically looks bad because it's got a terrible paint job. It apparently drives bad, and then on top of that, it seems to eat its tires and just generally be bad. And it really disappoints me. I, I personally was hoping for a redemption season because then we could get the welcome to Wrexham, but welcome to Enstone with uh what's his face and do hooky face uh can come on the show and do an amazing tv show that's better than drive to survive but no we're just gonna get sadness oh speaking of drive to survive did you see the viewership numbers are way down crap yeah they're crap and it's it's actually a pretty good season there's a lot of spice a lot of spice the the two people who finished behind the alpines this this race were valtteri baltas who is continuing his streak of how long can we have pit stops for and logan Sargent, who spent a minute just hanging out on the outside of turn four, just debating if he still wanted to be a Formula One driver. Yeah, I did. I was very confused why he took so long and maybe he couldn't get it in gear, but his car did say it was too hot. Um, but I'm thinking he just maybe forgot how to drive the car. A Mercedes engine too hot. Interesting. Anyway, um, how does Lance still have a job? He did really good. He st- he ended up down the back after being rear-ended by the Hulk and he pulled it all the way up to 10th, correct? Yeah. So pretty good, actually. I'd say that, that that was that was he was only a little bit behind Fernando Alonso and was on a different tire strategy. But but I sadly think fifth is about where that or fifth best car is about where the Alpines or not the Alpines, the Aston Martins are right now. Yeah, so that's about where he was. Yeah, that's it's that's pretty good. I'm not convinced. I, I'm not convinced either, but his performance in the race today, I'd say he keeps his job. What about his qualifying performance? That was crap. That was crap. That was less than 10th. He he wasn't in. Did he get out of Q one? I don't think he got out of Q one. He was in. He he finished. He qualified in twelfth. Fernando qualified sixth. No. Eh, not great. Uh, Checo. Checo's doing enough right now. He finished second on the podium. He sucks at qualifying in that car, but at least he can somewhat drive it. So far. So far. So far. Uh, I think it does lead the question, though. If you look at Danny's performance today, uh, I I I honestly think that I wouldn't give it to either of the. Uh, visa cash app rb team drivers at this point oh there was some good drama there we can get to in the uh oh yeah there was but i I think from driving performance i i question bringing back danny i'm not quite sure whether given his performance in the car i'm not sure it was worth liam lawson i felt had so much more potential he was driving i think at an equal level to danny and could only go up from there maybe that's who takes the red bull seat is liam that would be beautiful that would be amazing because yuki's gonna go to aston martha to drive with honda and then we can have Liam in the Red Bull seat because we want to get rid of Checo. Perfect. Should we talk about qualifying? If we must. Uh, so. I mean, I guess we don't have to do any of this, but it's fun. We don't We don't have to, but we want to because you, our listeners, are waiting with bated breath to hear our high-tech, high-detail, infusive uh, commentary on the best race of the season so far. Accurate. <laughs> uh, so basically it was the same as last year it's it was it was it was no the only thing that was the same was max was on pole and gasly was last yeah, but those are the only two I, things that were the same you look at the whole rest of it and it's about the same as last year it wasn't there was no nobody moved really moved significantly up no one apart from again alpine ended up really going down it was bleh uh 
multiple people out qualified Sergio Perez. He was second on on the grid last year. Luck, luck. What you what do you think of qualifying? Like it was it was decent. Like there was some there was some good pace shown. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Lando chucked in some good laps there, yeah. and then everybody else came yeah, through. It was fine. I mean, it was, it was qualifying. There was no there was no jeopardy. Um, I do think it's very important that we should talk about qualifying infringements because there were like two or three, uh, and I am very annoyed that we keep talking about doing the investigations after the session because it's pointless. What's the like? You got to do it in the thing, the the the, se- the segment of qualifying that happens. You need to get it locked down and a decision made before you start the next one. And it's really annoying and it's very it makes me so angry. And also the whole driving around slowly thing, like they weren't supposed to do that, and then they were all jumping the queue like it was the red lights at the you know the local supermarket on a Saturday morning. It's like it, we we need to get take people out, and if you go less than that limit, you don't just get to, you don't just get a penalty. You get disqualified from the whole race from the weekend. Like that's just take it out. What all we actually need there is a steward uh, standing at the end of the pit lane with a black and white flag, and like as soon as anybody does anything, they just point and waves the yes. flag, and it's like okay, five second penalty. Your next for you. lap does not count. Come back yes. around. Like yes, hundred percent agree. It's very annoying and very frustrating, and I hate it and. It, it, it's just because it can change things and, and because in qualifying if you get knocked out in Q2 because somebody was being a jackass in front of you you don't get to drive the opportunity later and that, that that's what really knocks me off so. yeah you don't get to be the jackass of somebody else in Q3 exactly yeah Exa- equal opportunity jackassing well we should just have one shot qualifying we could also do that that'd fix all of this yeah but think about all those poor people who take three laps to get the tires up to temperature okay well then then they've they've ruined their one shot like because they were still warming up their tires what does what does one shot mean right i'm gonna drive around for six laps uh no you get out lap time lap in lap one shot exactly so if if it takes three three laps to warm up your tires to be safe you can't do it well then then fix your car they should they should go back to one hour of qualifying and you just take your fastest lap it's not a bad plan but then didn't everybody just like sit in their cars in the garage for forever until the end Yes, which is why it doesn't work. Which is why they introduced the three shot thing. How about twenty minute qualifying? Didn't we try that? No, like like just twenty no, minutes. I thought, oh no, we didn't do that. So I was I was thought we were doing that for sprint qualifying, but we didn't. No, I mean, that would be great for sprint qualifying. Just twenty minutes of drive around practice qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love it. Uh, should we talk about the race? Yeah, I mean, how was your nap? Mine was good. You know, I did struggle halfway through to pay attention. It was kind of, it was a bit snoo. It was a snoozathon. Um, but there are some good stats that came out of this one, though. Go on. Well, Max did another Grand Slam. So at pole position, fastest lap, led every lap, won the race. Uh, the last time someone other than Max led the Formula One World Champ- Drivers' Championship was Miami 2022. That's ridiculous. That's 40 races ago. I am not one for trying to beat a team down because they're being so good, but there's something... something... Something has to change. And to be brutally honest, it's not about keeping Red Bull down. It's about helping everybody else. Because at the moment, they're all driving around like a train. It's ridiculous. You mean like Red Bull having a 70% arrow penalty last year and still built this car? Maybe we should see what happens if we give them a 98% penalty. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Red Bull, it would be a shame if you went over the cost cap again, says the FIA. Well, at this rate, they're going to have to pay somebody off to shut them up to stop them leaking pictures. It'd be cars next. Is that, uh, is that qualified under the cost cap? Paying people off? I I don't know, but did you see the other change related to the cost cap this week? No. So the cost cap used to be that if you take someone who works 75% on fast boats and and 25% on F1, only 25% of their salary is counted towards the cost cap. Right. This year it changed. If you touch an F1 car for one moment, 
your whole salary comes under the cost cap. Oh, that's going to be big. Indeed, that, I think that's going to be a really interesting to change the structure of how they fiddle and diddle uh, the cost cap. Anyway. I feel like that's going to affect Aston Martin the most. Why do you say Aston Martin? Maybe Ferrari. Because Aston's working on like their hypercars for, for Le Mans and all that, yeah. I see, I see, I see, I see. I feel, I, I feel like that all the F1 teams are doing boats. Like, boats is their side hobby for all the people who get bored in F1. Uh, what was the other? Th- oh, yeah. So I thought it was really interesting that this season they changed the rules that the DRS is active on lap two instead of on lap three, which means Max only had one lap to build his one second gap, and he did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's the weirdest thing about it is I feel like everybody spent the last, I don't know, two seasons being like, this is ridiculous, wait three laps, man, how much difference is going to make the race if we do it? It's going to be amazing, blah, 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 blah. And they do it, and all it did is it starts the DRS train early and makes it longer because for like the first 10 laps every, except max because he was off 40 seconds down the road within like three minutes um everybody else is like psh, 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 and they're all in a train and they're just like it was just ridiculous it was silly I, I i support the rule change and we should continue with it but it's it was never going to be the thing that everybody thought was going to make it amazing uh i do like um the battle for second though before the first pit stop was very good was it well, except for Charles not knowing how to break a Formula One car. Well, he had a car problem, apparently, that they were going to talk to him about afterwards. It's, yeah. It's called the driver. I, uh, <laughs> is, what the, uh, is it a foot interface problem? Exactly. Uh, talk about putting your foot yeah. in your mouth. Uh, hey. Yeah. Uh, and I find it very interesting that outbreaking yourself and going over the lines doesn't count as a track limits violation. It doesn't? Charles did it a lot and didn't get a penalty. He was over at least four or five well, times. And he did not get a five second. See, that comes back to the root of the white line problem, right? It has to it has to be authoritarian and total. I agree. Car go off track, you get dinged. Yes. And you get X number of them, and maybe they need to increase the limit of the number of dings that you get before you get penalized, but they need to do a thing. So. No, who doesn't like those Formula One video game league races where everybody's carrying a three second penalty? Exactly. It's fine. That's what happens in real yeah. life. Uh, wait, that's yeah. not right. Okay, anything else we'd like to talk about during the race? Uh, yeah, I mean, the race. Uh, well, so Charles just kind of went backwards. Because he couldn't get couldn't turn his engine, he couldn't get his brakes to do the brake thing. When he was in the slipstream of another car, because he was fine when he was chasing down George, and then he got close to George, and suddenly he had his brake issue again. I don't, I don't think he really had a brake issue. I think he was the problem. I think he was trying to overdrive his car, you know, like Charles does. Possibly. It is his, it is his raison d'etre. Uh... Carl, Carlos was being a smooth operator, though. I thought for a minute there we were going to have Ferrari on Ferrari drama. Like, there was, there was a real close moment going into turn one that I was going to be like, my prediction! All the commentators were like, oh, I remember Carlos, blah, blah, blah. Carlos trying to prove that he can drive the car, blah, 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 seat, blah, blah, blah. That's not what the problem was. The problem was Charles. And Charles, and he did this with Seb. And he's going to do it with Lewis. And it is like one of his fundamental flaws that will stop him from becoming world champion. He doesn't know when to give up, right? He doesn't know to like to just be like, go on, go past. It's fine. He's like, he will fight someone to the last moment and, and just hurt everybody, including himself. And he needs to learn to, learn to stop doing that. It's true. Uh, George, and then George was in second for a little bit. Yeah, because he overdrove the car out the gate again and made it go pop later. He's really good at that. Also, Mercedes is really good at making a car that tries to go pop in the middle of a race because it gets hot. Yeah, because it happened to what? On a cold night in Bahrain. Was it three cars? Four cars? Three cars, I think it was. A surprising amount of Mercedes-powered cars. Yes. 
Uh, and I, I have questions because you couldn't change the engine for the last two years. So what did they do? <laughs> Shut all the air ducts to prevent air from getting to the engine? Uh, apparently so. Uh, did you hear, the, did you hear the, the Lewis complaint about his engine that turns out not to have had a problem? The battery thing? Yeah, it turns out he just pressed the battery button for too long and used too much of it. <laughs> well, and then George like couldn't use his overtake button for a little bit. Because his car was too hot. It's very interesting that, like, what this is 10 years of the V6 turbo hybrid car, right? And coming out of the gate, Mercedes had such a power advantage on that engine. And now we're to a point where, like, there are, and everybody would have loved to have that engine. The, t- the teams that were the best that season were the ones that just had the Mercedes engine because it was so much better than everybody else. And now we're to a point where it's like, oh man, that Mercedes engine has some problems. And the only thing they're allowed to do is like reliability fixes. So in theory, I guess they could fix it somehow. And accidentally improve the performance? I mean, if you improve the cooling. that that's. But see, this is like the gray area we've, we've talked about with like this engine freeze um, that I've ranted on before about how I hate it. Like, no, just, just have a horsepower cap. You're not allowed to have an engine that puts out more than this amount of power at the drive shaft. I agree. Uh... And then if you want to make it lighter, if you want to make it more efficient, fantastic. But this is but put the limit at the horsepower. Call it good. It's so interesting that you talk about you know Mercedes was the was the uh, the benchmark for the engine performance, and it's really interesting that the only team that has successfully met them is Red Bull. Ferrari haven't. Ferrari's car keeps going bang. We'll see how it goes this season. Ferrari, Ferrari did, but then they fixed their oil leak, and now they can't. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, the oil leak, the accidentally sending too much fuel into the engine leak. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh... So we'll see, but it was um, it's 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 going to be really interesting in twenty twenty six. Really interesting. It will be, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stroll had a recovery drive yeah. that was fine. Yeah. Uh, Charles is the worst driver at Ferrari, right? Yeah. Uh, Lewis plus him is going to be the greatest fireworks since uh, Max versus Lewis. It's more like Senna versus Prost, but it was going to yeah. be great fireworks. Teammate versus teammate. Yeah. Especially with one like Charles. And then Lewis is not going to roll over. Since since Lewis and Fernando. And Lewis and Nico. And Lewis and Charles. Why is it always Lewis? Maybe Lewis is the problem. Ooh. Is that what we should talk about for like the next 15 minutes? Because we're running out of things to talk about. Uh, maybe. Let, let's, put that, let's put that in the spicy takes and rumors. Because that's a spicy take. Lewis is the problem driver. If I was Audi, I'd be concerned about buying Sauber. Because I just the, the car this year is crap. It's very bright. Uh, but it's also crap. And if I was... If, it's about as crap as it was last year. I know, but you've owned the team for a year and a half, and I'm assuming you've given them some smarts and a bit of help and, you know, a bit of a nudge-nudge and a wink-wink. Uh, or are they... Have they owned the team? Yeah. They bought them They bought them at the end of... The agreement to buy them was at the end of last year, and they owned 25% of them. And then the deal was, as Alfa Romeo didn't want to be associated with the same people as Audi, because Audi would own the team, and that would be weird. And then by the end of last year, they fully owned the team. Grosjean, you was 11th. Yeah, but like that's what he was last year. What are you doing with the car? Like, what have you spent the last twelve months doing with your car? And it's gone nowhere. No, wasn't wasn't Yuki eleventh? Because Yuki was always eleventh. Yeah, but Guan Yu Zhou was behind him. No, Guan Yu Zhou was uh, Yuki was fourteenth. No, I mean like over the previous year, like the car hasn't really improved. Oh, okay, okay, hasn't hasn't gone anywhere. So if I was, if... well, nobody's cars. The only person that's really improved their car is McLaren. And, but my my point is, Andrew, that if you're Audi trying to come into the spa, sport and look competitive, you basically have the third worst car on the track. Yeah, that's fair. That's 
that's not a good look for however silly much amount of money you paid for it. So. Yeah, but somebody bought Williams and look how that's going. I know. And that's the point. That was like much cheaper. They're spending a lot less money on it and they seem to be making progress. Uh, maybe they should have bought Williams instead. Uh, dumbasses. Uh, ooh, I have, a, I have something we should have in takes and rumors. Uh, what else have we here that we're not discussed? We talked about the engines overheating. We talked about how the Alpines are terrible because we want to fire the whole team and one of them's already resigned. Uh, here we go. Yuki Daniel drama. Yeah. So... I don't think in that situation they should have asked the drivers to switch. I agree. Um, but when then, like, Yuki almost hit Daniel after the race. Did you see the video of it? Uh, briefly. It didn't look like, because the headline was like, Yuki tries to ram Daniel yeah. off the road. And it was more like, Yuki just was just in a mood and, and braked too late when he realized there was actually another car there. Like, it was less intentional. But did you, did you, uh hear what daniel said about him he said yuki is a helmet hey daniel just loves those torpedoing teammates he does he, they learn from him uh yeah i thought this was bad and i thought it was pretty i think what they should have done is they said yuki you've got two more laps if you don't make it past the hulk then you're gonna swatch swap instead they just came straight out and like swap of note of note remember the new team principal is the ex-sporting director of ferrari i wonder where he got that idea from swapping drivers around at inopportune times exactly you go you do you you, you do what you learn uh Stand by. We are checking. Yeah. Uh, you have an item here that is interestingly spicy. Uh, Fernando Alonso checked out again. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Um, he's back in a midfield car that can't get him anywhere, so he doesn't care anymore. Okay. If you think back to his last Formula One exit, which was McLaren in 2016, I want to say. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, at the last race of the season... When they were trying to urge him on to like get, you know, hey, go get a point. Like, you're close to, you can you still go get a point. And he's like, mate, I have like 1,800 points. I don't need any more points, like, in my career. Like, what's one more? I don't know. Right, care. right. Um, he cut the chicane three times on the last three laps, right? I remember that, yes. Today, when he's just driving around where he's he can't catch the Maccas, the, uh, the Mercedes, the Ferraris, or the Red Bulls, but he's a pit stop and a half ahead of his teammate, like, Martin was making comments that, you know, he's not even using the whole track to, like, <laughs> on, like, entry and exit. He's just checked out and driving along. Because what's there to do? Like, okay, I can be... Like, if he's battling for a podium, sure, you're going to get the full, like, Fernando Alonso. But, like... Ooh, I'm in ninth. I can't catch the guys in front of me, and I can't be caught by anybody behind me. I, I will. Th- do you think this is telegraphing that he's sitting there dreaming about driving for the Mercedes team? Uh yeah. I mean, or or just better Aston Martin. Like, but yeah, it's he is just checked out. I think, which, which is sad because I quite like Fando, Fernando. When Fando, Fernando has got his, uh, he's when he's got an opportunity. You know, this is why Fernando and Lewis were so bad as teammates, because actually deep down, they're the same, which is to say, when Lewis knows there is something on the table to be worth fighting for, you will get the best out of him. But driving around the track in eight for an hour and a half, it's not very exciting, and he doesn't really care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why, like, Fernando was so good on Saturday, because, like, hey, I can I can be really great on one lap. Yeah, because he can have fun with that. Yeah. And then, you know, if it works out in the race, it's fine. But, like, yeah, once he realized where he was and he wasn't going anywhere, it's, like, fine. Uh, Fernando or or uh, Lando Norris seems like he has something to prove this year, though. He was making some charges. He was, and I was very curious about the kind of Piastri not following quite behind him and not being quite as good um, in the in the whole thinking about drivers and their future. I thought that was an interesting outcome. 
But yeah, he drove a race. Yeah. And the whole race was like drivers. They drove around. It was fine. Except Logan Sargent, yeah. who forgot to drive. Uh, I think Max might be as equally checked out as Fernando just by judging how he just... His fastest lap was a second and a half faster than the next fastest and lap. And he could have kept doing that. Uh, it it yeah. was the shots when clearly everybody else was compressed. They were all up against each other. And they were just following yeah. around in like this almost train. And then Max was like basically going from the front trying to catch up with the back. And I think he only got up to like... Was lapping in like... 15th or 10th at the end of it and there was no cars uh he got up to 11th he got up to 11th yeah and there was nobody around him and i'm just like that must be like the most boring thing in the world well but at least you're tooling around in ninth instead of tooling or first instead of tooling around at yeah. night if there's one thing that's going to get him to quit it's going to be the fact that there's 25 races a year by the time he quits and if he keeps being dominant like this i'm like what's the point there's no fun in it yeah uh, we, we we need like video game max of like um how you i max for stappen and this is the pit stop to first place challenge yes like, yes pit, pit lane to fir- pit lane to first challenge like if max locks up the championship again with like eight rounds to go he should just like see what kind of crazy yes. things he can yes do. i wholly support that and I, it would be great for i don't understand disadvantage for red bull because they'll have the championship locked up for both drivers and constructors and then they will get so much tv time for all their sponsors because everybody's like, look at Max overtaking somebody else. Oh, look at Max overtaking somebody else. Look at Max overtaking somebody else. It'd be amazing. It just, it fits all the checkboxes that you need as a business. It's perfect. It would be great, but I think there's like some sort of, is it sporting to do that? Is it sporting to drive around at the front for 24 races with a 25 second lead? And the answer is not really. Uh, yeah, but at least like, you know, you're not like phoning it in and then like, um, I'm trying to think what's the right turn of phrase. Um you know, just at least if you start, at least if you qualify fastest and win from the front, it's like, well, this is the pace I was. You're not like rubbing it in everybody's face about how much fast you are by being like, hey, I'm going to try to beat you all by starting from the pit lane. But is Formula One a sport or is it entertainment? I mean, it's both. It's clearly both. But it's it's one of these things of like, I could see it rubbing some team principles and some teams the worst way. It would be it would be truly terrible in terms of like the relationship of the team, but I would be so, but much better TV. Maybe he needs to do it at those rate at those tracks where it is an entertainment track, not a race track, which is all street circuits except Monaco, which is a pointless race. Uh yeah, um yeah. It would also be great, like you know, he and Danny switch places one week. That'd be great, fantastic. Yes, like, come on. There's so yes. many things we could yes. do. Once we're locked yes. up, let's do it. Red Bull, listen to us. You know you can do it, especially after you got rid of the team principal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think anything else we want to touch on on the race? Yeah, there wasn't much else to... No, it was none. This was like the first Bahrain Grand Prix in a while where there wasn't a safety car and there wasn't a virtual safety car. And everybody finished. Maybe that's what made it boring. Yes, and this I think goes into great uh, takes and rumors because I had a take on this is if you think back to not too long ago, the... Uh, Spanish Grand Prix and Barcelona was absolutely terrible because they spent two weeks doing testing there and everybody knew exactly how to run at that track. So you ended up with a two by two grid and two by two all the way home. Like the only reason anybody moved up was either an incident or a puncture or somebody went into the gravel. So what you're saying is that Barcelona became the only track that allows a true representation of the relative performance of all the cars. Yes, but that's not entertaining. No, it isn't very entertaining, but it, but, it, but for stats, it's fun. Because there was there was no um, 
because everybody knew how to race on that track, there was going to be no variability on race day pending like weather or something like that. And now Bahrain, which was a really good track for a while, has become the same thing. I agree. And the sad part about that is, is that there are four F1 four or FIA grade one circuits you can run in Bahrain. So they don't even need to test on the Grand Prix loop. They could test on the endurance loop, which actually might be more interesting because there are a couple more kind of slow, medium speed corners there. It's a little bit longer. Um, it's not great for racing, as we learned in, I think, 2012 or 2013 when they did it, because they did do it one time for Formula One, uh, and it wasn't a good race. Um, so it's, I think, also this case of, yeah, fine, if you want to use Bahrain, or if anything, we just shouldn't have testing be on a circuit that is on the calendar. Correct. I would agree with that. You, you raise an interesting point when you talk about the endurance loop for testing. Uh, and uh, as I see in the note, you've also mentioned the antelope, uh, the sub-minute track. In a, why not? Ex- yeah, do both. Do do one day endurance, one day on the outer loop. I was going to say a full week of testing where the first two and a half days are on one of them and the other two and a half days are on the other one. It lets you do all your long runs and all the comparisons that you need to do, but it just gives you an alternative. And then the, it's not run on the real race. And you kind of get some of the learnings, but there's still an opportunity for it to be a little bit weird. It's really sad Indiana in February is probably still too cold because if, you'd, if you're trying to do more things in the United States, what if you took everybody to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and you did a day of testing purely on the oval? Hey, you want to validate your wind tunnel data? Here's a two and a half mile loop. You, you've just created the thing that F1 is looking for, which is, which is wall-to-wall 12-month events, right? And so what you're really saying is let the races be the races. Let's maybe reduce those to 20. With the off-season, you create special, I'm trying to think of the word, like demonstration three days. You run them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's just you you pair it with like the local car club or, you know, you get, you know, the there's a car show with like, what's it called? Uh, like a, a, a concourse where you've got your, fa- your fancy shiny car that people have polished up. And it's like a car enthusiast weekend and you broadcast a bunch of it on TV and you do it at like an oval for F1 cars and you do it like an endurance track and then you do it on these other ones. It'd be great. It's spawn. It's perfect. Because if you do those in the off season, it'd be amazing. And you do them in, you know, warm places, it'd be perfect. Absolutely spot on. It'd actually be very interesting to see how well they correlate their data if they were able to do laps on like the two and a half mile Indio. Yes. Because you got those long straights where you can sit at 100 or 200 kilometers an hour and, and hey, does this data lining up? Here's our smooth, here's our smooth data run. And then there's even, you know, the road course at Indy. So, you know, you can do some twisty bits in the infield. And you see, that is like where I feel like it would be so good because you don't, you don't say you are all on the oval. You say you've got the oval. And if you want to go do some laps on the bit in the middle because you want to go try something different because you, you're fiddling with something, you can go do that. And it's all running at the same time. And it's like, it's like a full exhibition type event. It'd be perfect. It'd be amazing. Well, the oval generally runs counterclockwise and the road course is clockwise. So that would be slightly challenging. Yeah, but they can fix that. It's just some signs. Just get the signs and turn them around. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, given how boring this race was, does Formula One need to sell Andretti and joining instead of the other way around? I think they do. I think, it, honestly, it looks like that. And you've just made me think, if you're Ford and you're looking at the investment that you're about to put in Red Bull powertrains, you've got the whole stuff we talked about at the top, 
and people the audience figures are going to fall because Drive to Survive is gone and this is going to be a very boring season and people who aren't, you know, long-time F1 fans and have been through this pain in the past. It's What, you, what you're going to do is forward. You're going to be like, why am I doing this? You're going to pull out and we're going to be back to what we were in like 2022 again. So that'd be great. Yes, if there's any companies that like to enter Formula One and pull out of Formula One, it is either Honda or Ford. Indeed. Um, man, now you've got me making think, does Honda give up before 2026? Uh, it's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, and Andretti joining at this point, I, you, you like, where's the money? How am I going to be able to pull this off? So, really interesting. Well, I don't think you necessarily need all the money to pull it off. You also need some good engineering know-how. Yes, which I think they have, but the, you, 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 you do it because you want to and you make it happen because there's money. So, uh, do we think Jeddah is going to be a more interesting race? God, I hope so. The thing I will always say about Jeddah is I don't think it's ever had a boring race. And I don't know whether that's because it's actually an interesting track because it's super fast or, or whether it's because it's a crashy track uh, which is because it's super fast and it's got walls i think it's been exciting races because weird things have happened because like last year through a weird fluke max mixed q3 so he started from like 13th and drove up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think if you if you had max where he should have been i think it would have been a more boring race because that kind of what's what made that race interesting remember max can't drive street circuits so that's why that happened right except for all the ones he can drive uh yeah it's 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 it's, i hope it's more interesting i hope this is not an auspicious start i hope some teams bring some upgrades i think it was both mclaren and mercedes maybe said that they had a they had an upgrade plan and they were going to bring upgrades at most races for the first five or six that's cool so we'll see how that plays maybe that mixes it up a little bit if anything my prediction is that logan Sargent's going to put it into a wall uh i think that's extremely unlikely no, he's absolutely going to slam it into the wall and it'll be on like the fourth lap and it's going to be really annoying. And I hope he's okay. Uh, I, I just want to say that my prediction does not is not just for the race. I'm saying some point during the weekend, he's going to put it on the wall. I see, I see, I see. Distinct possibility. Do we think there's anybody else who might put it in the wall during the rest of the weekend? Uh, I mean, just because I want him to, Lance Stroll. Again, not, not that he gets hurt, but just like, so he rethinks his career as a Formula One driver. I think Charles has a good chance as he tries to overcome that he needs to look better than um, Carlos Sainz. Carlos is looking great, man. Carlos looks great. I hope he gets a good car. I hope he gets a good drive. If I was Mercedes, I'd be on the blower to his team, being like, "Don't go to Audi. Come, come with us." Yeah, I, I, yeah. Wrong German. Wrong German. Yes. Uh, also, it's the wrong. Don't go Fernando. Go for Carlos. Yeah. Wrong Spaniard. Yeah, exactly. Wrong German. Wrong Spaniard. I'm sure, that was in a war once, but maybe that's a different conversation. Uh, <laughs> sh- should we roll into the formal predictions? Oh, I thought we were. Okay, uh, so Quali. This has been a great episode. Been... We're, we're nailing this one today. So much content. Uh, so Quali, <laughs> uh, Perez on pole. Thank, thank you, everybody, who's made it this far into the episode for still being Indeed. here. Indeed. If you'd like to use the promo code, there, at there, uh, you'll get a discount for making it this far. Uh, so my prediction for Quali is Perez on pole, Max in second, uh, and then Charles in third. Are we doing, like, that formula predictions this year? Or at least for this race? No, but I couldn't think of anything else that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, that's why I said Logan put it into a wall. Yeah, um, so. yeah I don't know everything. It's boring. I would say, I'll say one of the McLarens doesn't make it into Q3. Oh, interesting. On what basis? Um, Something spy- that I think that's a car that's fast enough to like, should get into Q3, but I think Lando or Oscar could screw it up somehow. Yeah. And to be fair, last year uh, in the street circuits, that was when the... Um, mclaren was crap and so he hasn't really had experience of a good car 
in uh, Saudi, so he won't be on the point for that one. You know, yeah, because I think I think George and Lewis will both go through. I don't think Lance will go through, but I think Fernando yeah. will go through. Hulkenberg has good one lap pace. Hey, the Haas doesn't look like total crap this year. I was surprised by that. Um, I will say that the race pace didn't really. We didn't get to see it because Hulk um, rear-ended Lance Stroll. Well, there was Kevin. Yeah, but he didn't go anywhere. True. Um, so. He did 12th, though. He got 12th. I mean, that's... Where did he start, though? Uh, well, you know, if, if we're going back to thinking... He started 15th. Uh, if we're going back to saying that the Haas is the worst car on the grid, the fact that he finished ahead of both of the V-carbs... Uh, that's pretty good. And and both of the Williams. The worst car... I don't think the Haas is the worst uh, My take is... The worst car is clearly the Alpine. Oh, yeah, without question. I think the second worst car is the um, Sauber, then the Haas, then the V-Carb. So I forgot Williams in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a very boring race. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with the next one because I think that's going to be a boring race too. And it shouldn't be, but I think it will be. Well, we thought Vegas was going to be really crap and Vegas turned out to be great. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe there'll be rain. It can rain in the desert. It can, and it did for the F2 uh, practice. It was a total mess, which is fascinating. In Bahrain? Yes, it did. It was raining. It was a deluge. It was properly nuts. Well, there we go. And remember, remember, during practice this week, they had to stop it because they kept pulling up the drain covers. And then they decided, because they knew it wasn't going to rain anymore, that they would then fill in the drain covers with concrete to get the race done. And they have the drain covers for a reason, because it rains enough that they need drain covers. Uh, thanks for listening to Tinfoil Helmets. Once again, we are always awaiting your feedback. So please write to us at Tinfoil Helmets or feedback at tinfoilhelmets.com. We will also accept any Google Drive folders with incriminating team principal evidence on them. Uh, yeah. Uh, and don't forget to uh, listen, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, because we need more listeners for some reason. More, please. Actually, we had, I think, a decent amount of people somehow listen during the off-season, because I think we looked at our podcasting stats, and it's like, these episodes have a lot more listens than the last time we looked at this. Indeed, and because it's a trade secret, we will not reveal our listenership numbers. Um, but please just know we welcome you into our into our club. Yes, yeah, so th- there is always room for more people to listen to this random podcast. Indeed, welcome to our big tent. <laughs> All right, next week in Jeddah. In Jeddah. Sounds like Cheddar. Woo! Yeah. Stop button.